preview this week, all set with over-unders, our predictions for the playoffs, and also our predictions for future awards this season in the NBA, such as MVP, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, etc., etc. So we're going to go over all that, but first, Perry, how are we doing today? Um, I feel great. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to the regular season. I can't wait for opening night. Like I said, Raptors Pelicans, I'm not really I really don't care about that game, but that second game, Clippers Lakers, I'm excited for that. But in the meantime, we got some good preseason action. We've seen plenty of Zion. Um we've seen the first game from Doncic and Porzingis. We saw Kyrie Irving go out with an with a facial injury today. So it's been a lot of fun, and they're all overseas. So it's cool to see that basketball is expanding mm-hmm. um, across the borders. Yeah, and Perry, you mentioned that they're all overseas right now, and I think that's where a lot of talk is right now in the NBA, especially with the ongoing um, developments that are going on in China right now. As um, for those of you who don't know, a couple days ago, um, Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets general manager, had put out a tweet saying, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, um, referencing the anti-government protesters who were protesting in Hong Kong over this last week over issues in China. And obviously the Chinese government didn't like that too much, um, that he was in support of anti-government protesters. They've since cut ties with the NBA in terms of sponsors. They've pulled all of their sponsors out of the NBA, um, and they pulled all of the media availability off the next two games uh, that are going on in China. They pulled all of Adam Silver's media availability from the press conferences over the next few days. Um, So there's obviously been a lot of turmoil going on right now in the NBA in China. And I think for the NBA, this is something that is not a direction they wanted to go looking to that. You know, I heard a report on NPR this morning that China is the second biggest market for the NBA outside the United States where they pull in 10% of the NBA's revenue. So we're talking about billions of dollars here um, on the line for the NBA right now in China. And this all basically stemmed from a tweet um, on Friday. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, if you have one guy, because one guy doesn't represent the whole entire NBA unless you're a guy like LeBron James or one of those guys. So whenever a guy um, like Daryl Morey makes a comment like this, and then you go over to China, and they happen to be playing the Toronto Raptors in the Japan games. It's a, I mean, I think it's a cause for concern, but I don't think it's going to last any longer than the period of concern that it's in right now, if that makes sense. Um, other than that, I feel like we'll be back to normal next preseason next year. Um, but it's a real sticky situation. A lot of people, uh, such as like Steve Kerr, um, Chris Paul, they're all, they have all have been asked about it, and they say we don't know enough information to comment on and stuff like that. There was actually a clip that came out today of a, a press conference with the Rockets, and it was James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and there was a CNN reporter asking them um, how they felt about the political uh, activism, uh, anything that was going on with the situation, and they cut it off immediately. It was just like, look, hey, only basketball-related questions. Yeah, and that's been a situation that's been even tougher for the players because, you know, I was reading reports earlier today that a lot of agents for these players have specifically told the players, do not say anything about the situation whatsoever. We want you to talk about it. nothing at all is going to be said about the situation and we're almost seeing the same thing in the media as well as ESPN hasn't run any reports 
on the situation right now. So it's obviously a very, very, like you said, sticky situation. Um, there's a lot of ramifications that are involved from this situation. And China, you know, suspending their relationships with the league in terms of all their sponsorships is definitely something pretty big for the NBA and cutting off all the availability for the media. And even they had a game this morning. People were wondering if uh, the NBA was going to cancel the game, if China was going to cancel the game, what was going to go on there. And um, the Lakers and Nets did play this morning really early in United States time at about 6.30 here Central Time. And uh, it was a game that had been sold out for months. This game between the Lakers and the Nets, the Chinese fans were really excited to see LeBron James come to town, see this new Nets team come to town. And I saw pictures from the arena this morning and from an arena that was supposedly sold out for months. It hardly looked like there was any fans in the audience. There was hardly any fans in the arena. So that's obviously looks like some Chinese fans might be um, you know, concerned. Um, to show up to the games right now that are going on there. I mean, um, it is what it is right now. And I just think there's a lot of gray space, gray areas going on with this entire situation. But let's just give a shout out to the, the public relations team of the NBA. And they got the word out to all the players. Hey, don't say a word mm-hmm. or else we're going to cut you off. But I think it's also um, uh, a kudos to the to the amount of streams uh, I want to say income, but just a business that the NBA has created because they don't just have J- China and Japan. They also have Hawaii. They've also created basketball without borders with Africa. Uh, so they, they've made other ways. So if this is a relationship that has ended after this preseason, I think that they'll be just fine. Now, like you said, with guys like Yao Ming, um, Listen, Jeremy Lin, these guys coming over and being such huge faces from um, the Chinese culture, the Asian culture, I think that that hurts a little bit. But other than that, I think that the NBA will be just fine. And I think ultimately that this relationship will be repaired. It's just a really gray area right now. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a really um, sort of fine line that the NBA is walking here because they they run an organization where they are all for freedom of expression, freedom of speech, player empowerment, and at the same time, um, the Chinese government isn't quite you know under that same circumstance, under that same um, you know thought uh, that, that same you know belief process. So um, I feel like it's very difficult when these players are going and playing over there. And um, there's kind of two different parties that are being represented at the same time. Do you, do you think that, say, if LeBron James knows enough information to comment on the subject, do you think that he should? It would be in as big of a face as he is. I, I feel like he shouldn't based on – well, let me ask you this as a response question. I, I would say would, would you care LeBron, about LeBron James's opinion about this? Because personally I feel like – um, you know, I'd, I'd rather hear LeBron James's opinion about something else, not, um, you know, this situation at hand. Um, I think I think if you if he has enough information and not to get too specific with this, because sometimes no comment is worse as is 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 just as worse as a bad comment sometimes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a comment is just is just as bad as a bad comment. Well, if that and, makes I, sense. and I had noticed uh Donald Trump even brought up Steve Kerr's name yesterday. Hey, well, hey. 
Well, I, I had noticed that he brought him up for saying uh, how Steve Kerr had, you know, said no comment because, you know, I need, I need to learn more about the situation before I make a comment. And like you said, sometimes no comment can be twisted in a way where it's even worse than making a comment right. because Donald Trump had said, you know, Steve Kerr isn't afraid to criticize his own government. But now he's afraid to criticize things that are going on in China. So he's taking that stance, you know, like we've seen, you know, him done many times in the past to kind of turn that against Steve Kerr. He he mentioned Popovich's name as well to turn that against Greg Popovich as well for them saying no comment on the situation. Well, to comment on the president and let's go ahead, throw the disclaimer out before I say this comment. Uh, None of the views are of. Uh, Northwest is between me and Noah. It's, it's our views. So with that being said, it's no secret that Donald Trump has not been a fan of anybody in the NBA mm-hmm. since he's been president and maybe even before that. So I'm not really surprised and, at his and, comments. And, and this also, you know, stretches back a few years now too with NBA teams not even visiting right. the White House. Right. You know, this is something that's been ongoing. He's had a bad relationship with, um, you know, a lot of NBA teams. So this this isn't something. You know, to be surprised about, but I think it's a good point that you mentioned that um, sometimes saying no comment can be twisted in a way to where right. you know it's almost worse than actually say, stating your opinion on something. But I feel like a lot of the players too they they might be scared of what their the implications yeah. from their comments might be, as we saw just with a simple comment that that Maury said. You know, if they elaborate even more, it could turn you know bad on them. It could turn bad on the league. Um, so obviously a very, very um, controversial situation going on. Um, I think that's all I have to say about it personally um, until I learn more information. But I think there's going to be new developments coming out of it here within the next week or two. I, and to go back to your, your original question about what LeBron James should do, I think as long as he has enough information, don't speak out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Go ahead if you have enough information because it's a good look. Yeah. It makes sure that we're going in the right direction because I'm in a public relations class right now. And that's one of the first things you want to do. You want to get right on top of it and make sure to let the public know, look, we're going to go back in this direction. Like mm-hmm. I said, it came from one person, Daryl Morey, who does not represent the entire NBA. He represents the Houston Rockets. I think I think the, I think the issue with that too was <clears throat> so Maury uh, he doesn't represent the entire NBA but the NBA put out a statement following Maury's comments and I believe I was reading reports that the Chinese translation of the statement didn't bode well for the NBA relations in China mm-hmm. and then that's when they pulled out their sponsorships based off the statement that the NBA had said following Maury's comments <sighs> Well, look, I don't know how to read Chinese. So whatever's going on over there, hey, there's some high-quality basketball. You have the world champions, and then you have the Houston Rockets, the the, the revamped Houston Rockets, if you want to say. So the fans that did attend that game, man, I wish I was one of them because I know that they saw some good basketball. We saw James that, was a, that was a good game, too, a close yeah. preseason game. Like a lot of the preseason games have been this year because – with a lot of preseason games, we see once there's a blowout, once the third quarter hits, the starters get pulled, the bench players go in, and the game starts to tighten up a little bit because these guys are trying to play for a spot on the team. Right. And at the same time, the fans that are there, it's also inspiring them to hopefully, you know, when they get older, have a chance to go to the league, such as guys like Yao Ming, Jeremy Lin, 
and those guys. So, and don't forget about my boy Yee Jillian. <laughs> he used to play for the Washington Wizards. Hey, don't sleep on him. But other than that, man, hopefully he'll be repaired. And I, I would expect that because of the commissioner that the NBA has, Adam Silver, who's always trying to make the right move for the league and what's the best move for the fans, I would expect that next preseason we will have games back in Shanghai, China, at full service. Yeah, and hopefully this is a situation that is resolved as soon as possible between um, both sides. Don't know how long it's going to take. Could be sooner, could be later, but um, hopefully this is something that does get dissolved pretty quick or does get resolved pretty quickly um now perry let's move right into what we were going to originally go over today before that news kind of broke out there's been some preseason games here in the last week we might get to those near the end of the show if we have time but since the eastern conference took up so much time last week as we did over unders for the eastern conference we didn't have enough time to quite get to the western conference the favorites in the divisions the favorites in the conference and then um, the team records as well so we're going to go over that today Um, Start off with the Southwest Division here in the Western Conference. Right now, the favorite, obviously Houston right now, minus 200 to win the Southwest Division. This is a team that, like you mentioned, is a revamped squad uh, from last year, picking up Russell Westbrook in the Chris Paul deal over the summer. Right now, second favorite in the Southwest Division, San Antonio at plus 375. Dallas at plus 550 is next. New Orleans with Zion at plus 1,000. And Memphis at plus 7,500 in the Southwest Division. So, Perry, let's start off with the Dallas Mavericks. Last season, they finished with a 33-49 and record. They got Chris Tapps Porzingis from the Knicks mid-season last year. And he... Played in their preseason game last night, and I really liked what I saw from them. Um, didn't get to see a lot of the game, but I did catch the highlights from it, and I thought what I saw looked promising. I read a few reports on the game. I thought that looked promising, and their over-under right now sits at 40.5 right now for the Dallas Mavericks, so that's a seven-game difference from last season. I, I would I would take that over for sure just because you have a superstar and Kristaps Porzingis, of course, he's coming off the ACL injury, but he's taking a whole year off, and rightfully so, because nobody wants to play for the Knicks right now. But he has taken a whole year off. So I would expect that he's going to be basically back to the same Porzingis that we saw in New York. And then you have a budding superstar in Luka Doncic. And then let's not forget the supporting cast that they have around them. They've just re-signed, um, or they just signed back. Seth Curry, Steph Curry's little brother, and he's been making major strides in this game. We saw what he did for the Portland Trailblazers last postseason. And then you have vets like J.J. Beret, who's coming back. And let's not forget the big man in the middle, Boban Marjanovic, knocking down threes for the land now. So this Dallas Mavericks team, they're on the up-and-coming. I can't forget about my boy, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a bucket getter, too. So this team is the real deal. I tweeted it out the other day. Um, this this team is doing some things that you know you can kind of compare it to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and it's just in a different fashion, just in the way that they can dominate. They're more of a finesse type of dominating that that we're probably going to see from Chris Stapps and Luka Doncic. But other than that. This team is lethal. Take this team seriously. Yeah, I think it was really cool to see these two guys together on the floor and see what they can do together, even though it's only the preseason. What I noticed from the preseason, especially in that first Lakers game, I believe it was last Thursday or Friday, um, 
that the, the players actually, the starters actually do go pretty hard. Right. Unlike the NFL, when the starters are only be out for a you know a couple a couple sets, couple downs, and then then the bench starts to take over. Whereas in the NBA preseason, starters are out there for two three quarters before they get pulled, and they're not going at fifty percent either. They're trying to get in basketball ready shape. So when the regular season hits, they're good to go. And I thought it was really nice to see. Um, these two guys on the Dallas Mavericks perform together um, and, you know, actually give it their all and see how they can be together. And I think we saw a lot of promising things. You mentioned a lot of the surrounding cast they had with them. Tim Hardaway Jr., one of those guys that I like from that um, uh, New York trade. And um, also J.J. Barea, a good veteran to have on the squad. My question is, with the bench on this team, I feel like their starting unit is pretty solid in terms of a mix of young guys, um, you know, maybe throw J.J. Barea off the bench for a veteran. But in terms of the bench, I'm not too hot on what they have going off on the bench. But I'm still probably going to take the over 40 games. I feel like last year they won 33 without Chris Stapps Porzingis um, on the squad. And I feel like the addition of him along with Luka Doncic improving almost day by day, game by game, along with the young guys that you mentioned, I feel like that's got to be worth at least seven games. And at the end of the season last year, they were kind of tanking a little bit too. Because if you remember it, it almost looked like for a little bit there, you're like, maybe can this team sneak into the 9, 10, maybe the 8 spot um, around the December time? And then they just kind of fell off and started tanking a little bit during the end of the season. So this is a team, 33 wins last season is almost a little bit deceiving. Yeah, for sure. I, I think with the team that you have, other than the two stars that we have named, Doncic and Porzingis, we got to be honest, none of these guys are really household names. No. Other than other than Seth Curry's last name, mm-hmm. it's not a household name team. <laughs> um, well, I forgot Courtney Lee, too. I guess yeah. we both forgot about him. That's another guy that can actually produce for you as well. So, And we've seen vets like him uh, flourish in Rick Carlisle's offense mm-hmm. and just for the team in general. So I expect guys like um, Dwight Powell, um, Jalen Brunson, yeah. J.J. Barea, another vet. Kind of break out a little bit. Yeah, a little more. really mentor these guys. And I, I see them as a decent supporting cast. Are mm-hmm. they the supporting cast that the Warriors had in 2015? Probably not. But but better than the supporting cast the Warriors have now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I know you're you a big hater on their supporting <laughs> cast, but we'll get to them soon. Yep. But. With the Dallas Mavericks team, you can expect big strides to be taking place this next season, and I'm very excited for this team. And let's not let's not forget that with Doncic and Porzingis, their European ball that they bring and then they can put together is something that the NBA is trying to go towards, to be honest. So I really like um, this pair, and I expect – I'm going to go ahead and take the hot take of this pair is going to be better than Steve Nash and, and uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Right off top, I had to think about what you were saying for a second there. I was, like, I, I threw you off. I, one. Well, at first I was like, Steve, I was like, where's he going with Steve? Yeah, Nash? they played but together. Then, I was like, okay, okay, take, I see. What, well, they a, did, the thing is with them, they didn't play together for that long. So I feel like, you know, this pair does have the potential to eventually become a better tandem right. than those guys because those guys weren't on the same team for that long. Whereas Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, they have the possibility of being on the Mavericks for the next 15 years for all we know. Right. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, but the possibilities out there. So 
I definitely can see where you're going at with that point, Perry. And, you know, I'm going to take the over as well. Like I said, you know, I think 40 is just a little bit too low for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think this is a team that's maybe not fighting for a playoff spot quite yet, but might be around that 9-10 spot this year with with how good the Western Conference is once again this season. It is, they are definitely one of those teams where they're – they're either fighting for nine or eight, or they surprise you at four and five, four or five, mm. fifth mm. seed. So it's going to be one of those two types of seeds for this team. So yeah. we'll we'll see. All right, Perry. Now next, uh, we're going to go over the Houston Rockets here, the favorite to win the division. Like I had mentioned earlier, at minus two hundred. This is a team that I feel like, even though they got Russell Westbrook in the offseason, I feel like they're still almost kind of underrated at this point. Um, last season they finished with a 53-29 and 29 record, and this season their over-under is exactly 53.5, so basically the same as they ended last season, and this is another record that I'm leaning on the over with for the simple reason that they got off to such a bad start last year. I don't see that happening with this year's team. Last year, they, I mean, what were they, Perry, at one point? They were like eight games under 500, it seemed like, pretty deep into the season. They turn that around, they win 53 games. I don't see that happening this season. I see them being more of a consistent team with Russell Westbrook. I'm not the biggest fan of Russell Westbrook, but I've liked the improvements I've seen in his game over the last couple of years, and I am leaning towards taking the over here on the Houston Rockets as well. Well, what's the what's the over under? It's fifty three point five, and last season they won fifty three games. So, well, I'm glad that you were honest about your hate for Russell Westbrook, but uh, it, hey, it's been a hate that's been decreasing year by year here over the last three four years or so. Yeah, I guess, but like you said, back to Last year, James Harden, he was out for the beginning of the year, which mm-hmm. was contributed to their slow start. But some of the other moves that they have made for this year is one of the best moves I've seen, in my opinion, was Tabo Cephalosha that has joined this team. Um, I think he takes the role that Trevor Reza had a few years ago, and it was such an important role. It almost got them to the NBA Finals a couple years ago. Um, and then, of course, Russell Westbrook. Ben McLemore is another great shooter that has joined the team. They did have Anthony Bennett on their team. They just cut him. Sadly, they let him go. They just cut him. Um, Tyson Chandler, I think that's a huge pickup. I love what he does in the second unit as the big man. He can definitely get you 10 to 12 rebounds for sure. You know, to comment on Tyson Chandler, this is a guy that he's entering uh, 37 years of age right now. But for the Rockets to have a guy like him on defense still – um, he was never a guy that you really expected to score a lot, aside from alley-oops, maybe a layup, maybe a tip-in. But I feel like on defense, he still kind of got it. To throw a seven-foot-one guy down there um, off the bench when Clint Capella goes out, a six-foot-ten guy to throw up an even taller, almost possibly better defensive player than him, I feel like that's a pretty big addition. And you saw the impact it made on the Lakers last season after they picked him up, um, up until LeBron got hurt. But after the Lakers picked him up, it seemed like that almost kind of flipped the switch for them a little bit before LeBron got hurt in December. And and another thing I have to consider about Tyson Chandler is that he's an NBA veteran. He's been in the league for a while now, and he's definitely going to mentor guys like Clint Capella, Mm -hmm. um, just all their forwards and their centers that they have on their team. But let's not forget one very important addition that they have made this summer, and that's on that partially guaranteed contract for ryan anderson 
Still don't know what that means, but nevertheless, he's a three-point shooter that fits right in with this D'Antoni offensive. Yep. Let's get as many threes as possible. And other than that, my only question would be, can Russell Westbrook spot up and hit three-pointers consistently to help them win ball games? Yeah, I think that's pretty big because we saw last season he had his, you know, at least one of, I'm not going to say he had his worst because I'm not 100% sure without looking at the stats right now, but I know he had one of his worst shooting um, seasons in terms of true shooting percentage, actual shooting percentage, basically across the board. And I think we need to see improvements in the jump shot game of Russell Westbrook if this uh, Houston Rockets team wants to be successful, not in the regular season, but I think come playoff time is when it's really going to be important. In the regular season, I feel like this is going to be a dominant team in the Western Conference. Now, I, I just have a lot of questions in the playoffs because for the last couple seasons, we just haven't seen Russell, Russell Westbrook able to be able to get it done, even make it out of the first round here in the last couple seasons. So I'm looking to see how, it's gonna, how he's going to pair with James Harden in terms of usage rate as well because these are two guys that had if i'm not mistaken the number one and number two usage rates in the league so these are guys that basically have the ball in their hands 35 percent of the time for the game they have a very high usage rate and now they're both going to be sharing the four together i feel like this is almost a different situation with chris paul because chris paul um was is almost more of a pass first point guard now, I feel like both of these guys, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, are going to want to have the ball in their hands a lot. So I feel like that might be an issue um, come playoff time. But like I said, I don't think it'll matter that much in the regular season because of having those two guys and then having that great supporting cast that you just went over and that we both just mentioned. I feel like this supporting cast is easily one of the you know most top supporting casts in the league. Well, what we've seen... In the past two games uh, in the Japan against the Toronto Raptors, is it's nothing but ISO ball. Yeah. And well, I mean, we saw that last season from the Rockets, right. too. And, and that seems to work for this team. When, when teams collapse on James Harden or when they're going to collapse on Russell Westbrook, just kick it out to the shooters. And it seems like a great plan. But my only question, like I said earlier, is, is can Russell Westbrook hit those knockdown, wide-open three-pointers that James Harden is going to create for him? I just don't know yet. Um I, th- I think that it's going to be hard not to improve in this type of offense where all you do is shoot three. So he's going to get plenty up this you, season. You think there would be improvement? You, you would on hope. That front. You would hope, but we'll see. I, I I'm almost guaranteed that James Harden will be the primary ball handler when they're both on the floor. But other than that, when James Harden goes to the bench and Russell Westbrook's out there, he's handling the ball. Expect a lot of ISO ball. Um, a lot of. Uh, Russell Westbrook trying to create and go to the rim. But other than that, this team, they're just going to have to focus, like like you said, on winning in the playoffs. Uh, someone at the, the rec center, they told me, they, they, they predicted that this team would be the number one seed at the end of the year. Now, now the, you, like you said, the over-under is 53 games. Mm-hmm. So if you pick over, they're, mo- they're real close to number they're one. They're getting the number one seed almost if yeah. you pick over it, you know. Right so there. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go under. You're going under on that. And but, but not by much, though. Yeah, yeah. You, so you, they're still winning like 50 games. Yeah, I'll say probably. 50. I think this team has a shot at being the number one seed in the Western Conference. I feel like this is more of a regular season team 
than it is a playoff team in the NBA in the Houston Rockets. Um, one thing too that you know I'm I'm also kind of curious about that we both haven't mentioned yet is we talk about their great supporting cast that they have, but a lot of these guys on their supporting cast are getting pretty old. Um, I feel like that's got to be into consideration come playoff time, come the end of the season. Maybe the wear and tear is a little bit too much for these guys. Maybe we start to see some injuries pile up. Ryan Anderson is 31 years old. Tyson Chandler's 37 years old. Gerald Green is 33 years old. Nene is 37 years old. Dabo Sefalosha, like you mentioned, he's 35 years old. P.J. Tucker's 34 years old. So they got all these guys on their team over the age of 33, over the age of 34, that come the end of the season, you don't know if they're going to be gassed because they're playing big-time minutes for this team because there's really not a lot of young guys on the roster. I mean, so I think that's got to be something else that you know we both should take into consideration when we um, think about how this team's going to perform come the end of the season. Well, to be honest, and you have to be honest about this team, is just that the window is closing. It yeah. is, it's been the same type of nucleus. And, and that's why I think they picked up Russell Westbrook. Right. It's, it's been the same type of nucleus since James Harden has basically got to the team. Yeah. Other than... Well, even when they had Dwight Howard, they have now switched him out for Clint Capella. Yeah, and they're now even bringing back some of these guys from right. the nucleus. Like Ryan Anderson, we'll, we'll give you this somewhat partially guaranteed contract <laughs> to see what you can do for us, you know? Yeah. So uh, I mean, you're exactly right there. And I feel like the Daryl Morey, who we were just talking about earlier, he, he had to have been sitting there thinking to himself, you know, we can't get this done with Chris Paul when the Warriors don't even have Kevin Durant. <laughs> so... So what are we going to do if we don't get someone better than Chris Paul? So they went after Russell Westbrook, and I, I think it's the trade they had to make. Not sure if it's going to work out, but I think they had to make it because they saw this window of opportunity may be coming to a close considering the ages of the players on their team. I, I, I'm picking the under. under I'll, th- I'll stick with the over, and I actually think um, – yeah, I I have the Rockets pretty high in the Western Conference. We'll go we'll go over that a little bit later, but I I got the Rockets uh, up pretty high. Maybe not quite as high as uh, your friend at the rec center, but I I got I got forty seven to fifty games. Forty seven to fifty. Um, See, the thing with forty seven though is you're barely over five hundred at forty seven. So that's why I, I, I just see an experiment period for this yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to figure some things, especially when they go against good teams like the Lakers, mm-hmm. the Clippers. I, I feel like there's not as much experiment. I feel like the experiment comes with Harden and Westbrook, but a lot of the rest of the team's the same for the most part. I mean, they're. Or they at least know the system anyway well, pretty well. Well, you have to remember they're in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing a lot of good teams, and mm-hmm. a lot of games are going to be close. So it's going to come down to those last few possessions, and a lot of games are going to have to figure out who's, who needs the ball. <laughs> yeah. And who's going to actually take the ball and shoot it and everything. Yeah, I, I sent you a video over the summer of <laughs> of James Harden and Russell Westbrook deciding, you know, who's going to get the, the their last assist for a triple-double, and it was um, just passing the ball back and forth. That Jackie forth. Moon. Yeah, the Jackie <laughs> Moon. <laughs> they just sitting there going back and forth, overhead passes. No, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. I need the triple-double. Yeah, you know, that might be something we see from this Rockets team. So I, I, I feel like it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see the Rockets this season. Um, a little more than I was in the past because I was never a huge Rockets believer because of what we had already seen from them in the playoffs. They had already lost to the Warriors um, the year before in Game 7. Now they lose to them in Game 6. So, you know, coming off the end of last season, my 
Rockets' belief is at an all-time low. Now they get Russell Westbrook. Now I'm starting to, you know, maybe believe that something can be done here, but I think it all comes down to the playoffs. This team could lose like 15 games this year, and I still wouldn't predict them to go to the finals come playoff time because yeah. just because of what we've seen with Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, I want to be shown, I want to be proven that he can do it. And so far, over the last couple of seasons, I haven't seen that. When it comes down to last shot for this Rockets team, I think you got to give it to Harden. I think I think that's the <laughs> unanimous decision. But when teams double down on Harden, can yeah. Russell Westbrook make that shot? Yep. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. No, this will be an exciting season for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching them. And another team I'm looking forward to watching as well for different reasons is the New York uh, is the New Orleans Pelicans. I say New York. Me. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, buddy. Hey, Zion almost went to New York, but uh, oh. I'm excited to, to see the Pelicans basically just because of Zion being on the squad this season and all those members they got from the Lakers, seeing how they can play together with Zion on the team. Last season, this was a team that went 33-49, and 49, same as the Dallas Mavericks that we mentioned earlier. The Mavericks over-under was 40.5. This New Orleans Pelicans team is 39.5 with the additions they made. So um, basically they're saying that the Pelicans team is going to win six more games than last season. Perry, are you going over or under on the New York Pelicans um, over-under for this upcoming season and why? And what's my number again? 39.5. I'll, I'll take the under just because they're in the West. Yeah. If they were in the East, I'll give them the over. But with this team, I see a lot of excitement, a lot of highlights, a lot of sports center top tens. Mm-hmm. However, I don't see a lot of wins. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would have to see Brandon Ingram take that next step or Drew Holiday, for that matter, mm-hmm. take that next step and beat that guy. But other than that, I don't see Zion being that guy, at least not for his first season. I, from what I've seen his last two games, I've seen a lot of dunks. Yeah. Nothing else but dunks. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a three-pointer. I saw a shot chart. All the shots were in the paint. Yeah. I saw something that said when you're trying to grind for playmaking badges, <laughs> for uh, finishing badges in 2K. That's so it. All, all you're doing is shooting layups and dunks. And, that, and that's what we've seen. I don't know if he can do that for 82 games. I don't know if he can do that for 82 games plus the playoffs. I think it's possible that he can definitely be that guy, but I just don't know if. It's I, gonna, I think I, so too. I don't know if it's going to happen um, in the first season. Right. I, I, I think I still hold by the fact that I think he's winning Rookie of the Year, but I just don't think him alone, paired with these Lakers guys, is going to yeah. be enough to give the Pelicans all these wins. The, these Lakers guys were paired with LeBron James last season. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go to the playoffs. Now, these guys are paired with Zion Williamson, not as good as LeBron James. I just don't see the wins translating yet. I feel like he's going to have an outstanding first season in the NBA. I just don't feel like it's necessarily going to translate to wins. And I think a certain dynamic that it might hurt his rookie of the year consideration, I think he might fall to number two to somebody else. And I think that is because a lot of guys on this New Orleans Pelicans team are, is trying to prove themselves. I feel like Lonzo is trying to prove himself after what happened in L.A. I feel like Brandon Ingram was trying to prove himself after missing the end of last season. I feel like Josh Hart is trying to prove himself. Everybody is trying to prove themselves well, on the team. Okafor is still trying to prove himself. So with that being said, there's only one basketball amongst all these guys. Now, Zion is going to get a lot of media of attention, and and that is usually what wins awards is the media. No, and he's going to get a lot, a lot of opportunity 
to have the basketball in the right. stands as well. And, and look, I, I see usually, usually a rookie of the year, like I said um, last week, is that it usually comes from a team that's winning. And I picked the under, so I, I don't see a rookie of the year. It, 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 I don't see a rookie of the year for Zion just because I feel like somebody else is not pl- probably playing as good, but they're winning more. Mm. I, I do feel like he runs away with rookie of the year for two reasons. I feel like, one, you mentioned the media plays a pretty big role yeah. um, into deciding stuff like that. Um, and I, I feel like Zion's going to be the narrative all season long. So I feel like that's going to be someone that's going to be pushed, and I also feel like his his play is going to speak for itself. Um, I you know I'm I'm not saying he's going to have the greatest rookie season of all time, but I do feel like his play is going to kind of speak for itself. The media is going to be hyped around it, and a narrative is going to be made um, it, for Zion. If he can give me a double double in points and rebounds, I'll give him rookie of the year. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. It definitely is. I think you know, I think looking I think looking over the realm of twenty two and ten is definitely possible. Some somewhere around those numbers and I feel like those numbers could win you rookie of the year for sure. I just want to see what his response is to the rookie wall. Mm-hmm. Can he can he get past that? Yep. What what how is his game gonna adjust after he hits that? Will he be, still be dunking on everybody? We saw it in his first game, already dunking on somebody. So we'll we'll see if he, he can do that. He was dunking on my bulls, man. He was killing us. Actually, he really wasn't killing us because we were up by a 20-something after the third quarter. Both teams pulled their starters. We were up by 21, and the Pelicans outscored us by 23 in the fourth quarter. Their their, uh, bench players did anyway, so that was exciting. But, but yeah, he really wasn't killing us. Zach Levine had a pretty good game, but I'm, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing this squad, and we're both picking the under on them for sure. Do you, do you have a, a win total you see them getting around? Do you think that 33 mark from last year is possible? Do you feel like maybe a little under that even? And what, what's my number again? The 33 from last season. That's their over-under this season? No, that was how many wins they had last season. Now what's their over-under this 39. season? 39. I'll, I'll pick I'll pick 34, 35. Okay. It's okay. not. It's not. It's not by that much. Yeah, I, I would say. Under. I would say somewhere around the same amount of wins they had yeah. last season yeah. as well, um, because you know we mentioned earlier they still have Drew Holiday too. So it's not like you know the squad is completely, you know, none of the same guys last and, season. And then they're not going to be beating up on teams. That's no. the thing that a lot of people maybe, forget. Maybe some of these lower teams in the Eastern and Western conferences, right. but you know Zion might be feasting with those guys, but. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely see there. So, uh, moving on here, the last team we uh, to go over here in the Southwest Division, San Antonio Spurs. Last season at forty-eight and thirty-four. This season, their over/under is a little lower than that at forty-six and a half. Um, Perry, what do you think of the San Antonio Spurs this season? Um, roster looks very, uh, very similar to last season's roster for the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, other. Other than some of the additions like Damari Carroll, uh, trying to find who else they added. Um, De- DeJounte Murray is coming off the injury, so he'll be back this year. So that'll be another difference. along DeMar DeRozan, and LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that this is a sleeper team for the West. One of the teams that can just because you have Greg Popovich, and they have basically the same nucleus. So I would expect this team, what's my overrun? Uh, the over/under is 46. Last season they won 48 games. I'll, I'll take the over on this team. I think they're going to go on a win streak a few times this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. 
So I'll, I'll probably pick 52-53. Yeah, I'm doing the over, too, because like you mentioned, uh, I guess like I had said earlier, too, a lot of these guys, this is basically the same roster they had last season. They yeah. really didn't add much of anything else. Nothing but helping this team out. So I, I definitely see they won 48 last season, and that's without their star point guard. Yeah, and so yeah, so I don't see why they can't win more games this season, and why they shouldn't win more games this season. I, you know, I'm feeling somewhere around the 50 mark for the Spurs. Now, do I think they can creep into the top three? Probably not, but I think this is a team that you definitely don't want to count out. This is going to be a sleeper team in the Western Conference, like you said, and I think they're making the playoffs for sure this is a team that consistently makes the playoffs year after year after year almost saw them miss it last season they were only you know a couple games out of missing the playoffs but i feel like this season we won't have that issue quite as much with the san antonio spurs because this roster now is on their second year of playing together and and another factor that you have to account for is that a lot of guys on their team have played uh fiba this rose this this last summer and that usually has a positive carryover for a lot of these teams is that some of these players they've taken that next step i expect a guy like Derek white to take that next step of course you got patty mills in the back dropping 30 on team usa whenever he wants to and then you have uh um, guys like demar DeRozan, and rudy gay who've been there and they they're just bets and we just need a, a healthy team and we can move forward so like you said, and we both agree, those are my reasons for picking the over on the San Antonio Spurs. Yep, and I'm picking the over as well, Perry, like I had said. Uh, now, that's all we have right now for the Southwest Division. Up next, we'll, we will have the Northwest Division, but first we're going to play a few songs for you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have Utah, Denver, Portland, Minnesota, and OKC to discuss next for the Western Conference. So stay tuned right here for that one. Kind of for a lot of the same reasons you went over, I'm kind of going to pick the under. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the young guys they had. I feel like um, just having those young guys on your team um, – I, I don't necessarily compare to them to the Kings because I feel like the Kings roster was a little more developed than this Memphis Grizzlies roster. Um, outside of John Morant, you don't really have that much potential for any of these guys possibly having a crazy breakout season. But, well, at, the same, well, but at the same time, we don't know. But like, but after that season that DeMarcus Cousins left, nobody knew who was mm-hmm. going to be that guy. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess De'Aaron Fox came, but nobody knew. And Harrison Barnes some finds us some, some way comes somehow comes from the Dallas Mavericks to mm-hmm. our team. I well, see. You mentioned Harrison Barnes. I feel like that team: Harrison Barnes, Zach Randolph, Vince Carter. You know, well, yeah, Vince Carter, Willie Cauley Stein. They had a few guys that had been in the league for. You know, they're kind of established. You know, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies and outside of guys like Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder and Kyle Anderson. You really don't have a lot of guys who I feel like are you know super established in this league um, to the point of even even Harrison Barnes who really wasn't you know a, you know a crazy good player but I don't even see any guy on on this roster that could be having a season like that aside from maybe Ja a Ja Morant. But I think it's similar to what you said about Russell Westbrook. It's mm-hmm. not something that you believe until you see it. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be what we see from this team. I definitely see a lot of games lost from this team. Yeah. Well, but they're the, 2-0 in the preseason. Hey, so. <laughs> I don't want to hear none of that malarkey. But The over is well in your favor based off preseason right now, Perry. I, I'm taking the over just because <laughs> I see John Morant. Hope if he stays healthy, 
he'll be a star in this league. I don't know if he'll be a superstar, mm-hmm. but he's definitely a second star on the championship team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And now that's our last team we got coming out of the Southwest Division. Um, good thing I went over that one more time because we would have just completely missed the Grizzlies, and we're trying to hit every single hey, team here. In we our would team. not have been missing out on much. No. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's one of the teams that um, uh, definitely is not going to be in contention hey, hey, for. Hey, hey. But they'll be in contention for... Some number of the number one draft pick. Absolutely not. <laughs> They'll be in contention for one of the, the best throwback jerseys this season. We'll oh, see I was going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Some that's, of the Vancouver that's gonna throwbacks. Special. That's going to be something special. Are you think it's going to be Vancouver on the jersey? Or no, is I gonna, think it would be Memphis. Me, it's going to be Memphis, but with the with the it's, it's like uh, It's like the Sacramento Kings. They didn't put Kansas City on yeah, the jersey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Good point. I, I was kind of wondering how that was going to work. I figured they would probably do Memphis, but I know a lot of the fans kind of wanted to see Vancouver written on there. <laughs> well, but they need to go to Vancouver then. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> go to true. Amazon.com. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking for more for the jerseys than than the actual season. And man. sometimes that's that can I might be- give me a John Moran jersey just based off the jersey. Hey, that's like some genius marketing. They're like, you know what? No one cares about our team this season, so we might as well have the dopest jerseys in the entire league. Hey, and to be honest, those twelve games or how many ever games that they wear those jerseys, sometimes mm-hmm. that can that's what propels you to a W. Because you're wearing these fresh jerseys. Sometimes it's either the haircut, yep. the jerseys, something. You got the fresh outfit on. Something. And it's like, man, I got to play my greatest. I know where you just drop 50. So hey don't, hey, don't be surprised if they hit the over just on the simple fact that they went 10-2 and two in those 12 games that they were wearing hey, those jerseys. I'll, I'll say this, guarantee. Guarantee. Charles Barkley style. They're winning plus 500 in those jerseys. <laughs> in those jerseys? Guarantee. Hey, this is something that... Only me and you are going to keep track of, but I'll be watching to see how they play in these jerseys. I wouldn't quite go guarantee. Guarantee. I, I see the point you're trying to make here, all right? All right, Northwest Division now in the Western Conference. This is um, a division that if I was a betting man, don't condone betting um, right now, but you know, if I was a betting man here, I would totally be interested in the Northwest Division for the simple fact that Utah is the favorites in this division at plus 100 over Denver, who for a lot of the season last year was the number one team in the Western Conference. They're plus 130, Portland's plus 500, Minnesota's plus 5,000, OKC is plus 7,000. So Denver right now, not the favorites in the Northwest Division, which I am in love with Utah, but I feel like it seems like everyone else is in love with Utah as well, which is kind of making me think, whoa, hold on a little bit. Maybe we're all kind of getting into the Utah train um, you know, a little too fast. But we're going to get to Utah in a little bit. First up, I do want to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Last season, they were 54-28, and 28, um, and this season their over-under is 53, with much of the same roster as last season. I'm taking the over. This is my pick to have the number one seed at the end of the season, just because... Like I said, uh, or uh, like I've been thinking, look, this team, the Nuggets number one. Hey, you, you got it. Noah just showed me Nuggets number one. Uh, but this team, they have the same nucleus, basically. They've added Bowl Bowl. They have a hopefully healthy Michael Porter Jr., and I think that's going to be huge. They really need some some offense and some yeah. defense. He from was hitting a, some difficult shots in those preseason games. He did. The, the first preseason game, I saw all the highlights from him. 
And I think he had nine or 11 points, and they were all difficult jumpers. And it was kind of nice to see him be able to do that on the floor because this is a guy that we haven't seen play in the NBA yet, really. I, I picked them for my number one seed. However, however, they're not winning an NBA championship. Not today. get rid of Paul Millsap. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's just taking up too much space. So I... Until Paul, and it's not that Paul Millsap is a bad player or anything like Paul that. He's a good player. He, yeah. he's, a, he's a decent veteran that was once an All Star with the Atlanta Hawks and everything. But I think his time is, has has passed, and I feel like they're hanging on to something that's not there. You got to give those minutes to Bull Bull. Somebody, Bull Bull, Michael Porter Jr., um, any of these guys that are up and coming to help really. Put your 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 development into full full throttle. Yeah, Perry, I like this team a lot, um, almost as much as you do, or maybe even more than you do. You predicted them to be the number one seed. Um, I had to show you mine as well because I wanted to make sure that you didn't think I changed it. I also have them being the number one seed in the Western Conference. I feel like a lot of people don't have them being the number one seed in the Western Conference, but I look at this team as a team that won 54 games last year and is going to go nowhere but up because their roster is you know basically the same as last season they secured jamal murray they still have nikola Jokic on the team who um, i think is one of the top three centers in the nba who i think is going to make a major impact on the league this year and could have even more of a breakout season than he did last year probably the best passing big men in the nba and Pair that with some of these young guys they got on the team, Monte Morris, Tyler Cook, a couple of Iowa guys, Iowa and Iowa State right there. Bull Bull slipped in the draft all the way to the Nuggets. I feel like that's a big pickup for them. Gary Harris still on the roster from last season. I mean, come on. And you mentioned the return of Michael Porter Jr. Um, I just think this is a team that since they didn't make any moves, that was almost the right move to make because they secured the guys that were successful for the team last year to be playing on the team this upcoming season, and I really like the prospect of that moving forward. I think if I think Jamal Murray will take that next step. Mm-hmm. I, he averaged 17, I believe, last season, yeah. and I think he'll take that next step, hopefully averaging 23 this year. I think the only concern for him – the only concern I would have, anyway, is um, you know, players right before they get a big extension are usually trying to play their heart out, trying to play their hardest. Once they get the money, sometimes they aren't playing quite as well. That mm-hmm. would be my only concern for him because he does have the money now. Um, I can't remember Got a the fat exact extension. What? Amazing. Fat, yeah, I, I was gonna say I can't remember the exact amount, but I want to say it's upwards of like 170 million. Yeah, hey, hey, I never so, count another man's wallet. All so right, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. All right, it, it's quite a bit of money. So. Quite quite a bit uh quite a bit of dough here. So I, I kinda wanna see where his game goes, but like you said, you said twenty three, I expect it to go up as well in terms of points per game. They're they're my number one seed. I'm picking sixty, fifty seven to sixty games won from this team. Um, I believe that Murray and Jokic will be two all stars mm-hmm. this year. And people gotta remember too that the Western Conference, these top teams, they're all going to beat up on each other all season. Right. And I feel like that's where consistency is going to be one of the biggest keys. This team played well together last season. They didn't make any new additions for the most part. Um, they know their roster. They know the system um, pretty well. And I'm just really looking forward to see this team play. Um, so, Perry, I think that's all we got for the Nuggets here. We both predicted them to have the over. At, oh, um, hey, another, another reason okay. is that... 
<laughs> oh, this is an important reason to me. Uh, another reason that I have them winning a lot of games this year is just because a lot of people forget that the factor of the altitude yeah, in yeah, Denver. Home games. And uh, over the past few years, they went, they've won most of those games. So I, I would expect that they're only going to lose probably single-digit games at home. And then after that, they're, they're a pretty good road team. And like I said, those guys taking the next step. And like you mentioned, all these prospects that are probably going to take that next step under Mike Malone. I think he's a great coach. And time will tell. Mm-hmm. I think, like Possible I said. Possible coach of the year candidate. I, probably. But other than that, man, Jokic has got to lose some weight. I mentioned, to, I mentioned <laughs> yeah, it yeah, to yeah. you in the break, man. Jokic has got to lose some weight. I'm on that train. He, he is kind of fat. But, you know, I, th- I think he's Big still. Big boned it. I think he's still in shape. You you didn't think championship shape no, <sighs> championship shape no eighty two game season shape of course okay okay championship shape no all right I'll, because I'll, we're talking I'll come about, down and agree with you there we're talking about at least uh, ninety eight games and kind of most likely carrying over to one hundred and ten in yeah. the West so no. <laughs> All right, now I think finally we're done with the Denver Nuggets here. We're, we're going to move we're forward done. to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Last season at 36 and 46. This year their odds are exactly even at 35 and a half wins right now for the Timberwolves. So even on both sides, 35 and a half wins. Nearly the same as last season. This is another team where the roster is going to look very similar to last season as they're kind of bogged down in um, Carl Anthony Towns' money. They're kind of bogged down in Anthony Wiggin, or uh, Andrew Wiggins' money. And uh, Perry, what do you feel like is going to go be going on this season here in Minnesota? Uh, probably one of their worst years after a couple years ago making the playoffs for the first time since Kevin Garnett was there. I saw Jimmy G, man. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, no, I, I I think that this would be another bad year for them. I just don't see a lot of. Uh, a lot of the right energy. Hopefully, Carl Anthony Towns can make something out of nothing. But like you said, Andrew Wiggins, not a lot going on with the brother. We've been waiting on him to take that next step for a long time. We've been waiting on him to care about the game of basketball for a long time. And somehow it seems like every single season, the guy is almost getting worse, especially in terms of shooting. Shooting from the outside, shooting from three, seems like that's always going down. Free throw percentage going down. Um, taking a lot of mid-range jumpers, tough mid-range jumpers that aren't hitting. And, you know, for this season, I think the number one thing I'm looking for for Andrew Wiggins is that attacking mindset. Not only that attacking mindset, but um, to be actually be able to finish off some of these plays because this guy's shooting percentage really isn't that good. He doesn't make a lot of smart basketball plays. And hopefully we see some improvements there because this is a guy that's starting to get up in age, been in the NBA for a few years now. You'd think that he would be growing his game instead of showing a decline in his game over the last few years. I, I think with this team, I, I see a lot of moves being made at the trade deadline just because of them struggling. So mm-hmm. don't expect... For guys like Jeff Teague, Andrew Wiggins, mm. Robert Covington, these guys to be on the Memphis. Uh, That's the, the thing, though. I feel like it's so hard to trade Andrew Wiggins with the, I with feel a contract. Like because of his contract. I feel like that extension. That's another. I always say like, oh, the market isn't that high for a certain player. I feel like the market really wasn't that high for Andrew Wiggins. Why give him an extension that big when he hasn't proved himself yet? We just got done mentioning Jamal Murray. Last season was kind of a breakout year for him. Andrew Wiggins never really had that breakout year, but he got that extension anyway. So I don't know why Minnesota trusted him that much 
to give him all that money in the first place. Carl right. Anthony Towns, he's actually showed that he can do it. He's actually showed, you know, you know, I'm a type of guy in this league that can be an all-star for years to come. We haven't seen that out of Andrew Wiggins. Now, it's your boy uh, Tim Thibodeau at the helm. What do you, what do you mean? Man, <laughs> man, he ain't at the helm anymore. Why not? He got fired, man. Yeah, he got fired? Yeah, last season. Well, they should have fired him as a coach, too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like I said, it's going to be a lost year for this team. I really don't expect anything. If I don't expect much or if anything from this team, so we'll see. Nah, but, man, they got they got. Uh, I'm definitely taking. They got under. Flip Saunders' son, Ryan Saunders. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So hey, that might be one good thing. They got a young coach at least, so maybe maybe they can do something with that. Nah, I, I think s- he's gonna exp- um, inspire Andrew Wiggins at all to actually do um, something productive on the basketball floor. No, but <laughs> um, sometimes if. I, like I, I get the the idea of hiring Flip Saunders' son, um, but sometimes that do, that doesn't always like make sure you're making the right transition. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're still in the past a little bit, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, of course. You know, salute to Flip Saunders. But other than that, you got to make that transition. Let's go in a new direction. Let's get a new coach. Let's reach out to all avenues to see what we could find. But mm-hmm. it seems like they're just trying to pick from what they already have. And sometimes you got to take out the old to make room for the new. So I don't expect anything from this team. You know, Perry, another team here in this division that a lot of people don't expect much for um, because they traded Russell Westbrook in the offseason for Chris Paul um, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, also they had the Paul George trade as well. They're trying to stack up draft picks, assets for the future. Last season they had a 49-33 and record. This season probably the biggest dip. I think out of any team in terms of predicted over-under as they went from 49 wins last season to now only um, the over-under is only at 31.5. So we see an 18-game difference right now between the Oklahoma City Thunder last season and the Oklahoma City Thunder this season. And I think a lot of that is because they obviously they don't have their two superstars that were on the squad last season. They're trying to stack up for the future. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I see this team losing a lot of games, and then for some reason, I feel like for a stretch, they're going to win some games out of nowhere. They're just going to beat up on like some of the good teams that really aren't trying in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And then down the stretch, they'll be back to losing games. Yeah. So I, I think don't discredit Chris Paul's abilities at the same time to win them, you know, 30 games. I think right now, obviously their over-under here is at 31.5. I think don't discredit Chris Paul's ability. I don't think he's quite at that point in his career yet. Maybe after this season where we can you know, quite rule him out. But also look for this guy to be another guy you mentioned towards a trade deadline that maybe they want to get rid of if he's helping them win too many games. There's not a lot of teams that can necessarily take on his contract because it is a pretty hard contract to trade with other teams. Um, I know the only few teams that I know of that could have signed him would have been Miami, um, you know, Minnesota, uh, or that the, that the um, Thunder were looking towards you know, trading him to after they had um, made the trade for Russell Westbrook. But this guy might be a guy that's traded towards the deadline if the Thunder are winning too many games around that point. Well, I, I definitely – I've heard some, um, some rumblings that Miami – they're still looking. Because they can afford to pay that luxury tax on him. Yeah, so we'll see. I think he'll be a great fit for 
or not not necessarily fit, but addition that we can experiment with if I'm the Miami Heat. You know, we're in that era of duos, so Jimmy Butler, he needs that next guy. I, I get that they have a lot of people that they can work with as far as like Goran Dragic, uh, Tyler Hero, all those type of guys, but same time, you can't uh, really put a value on how good of a guy Chris Paul will be to your locker room. And Stephen Adams is hitting threes now too, so that's the, <laughs> that's something else that can't be discredited. Uh, but no, Perry, I want to I want to talk to you about um, one guy in in uh, specifically on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster, and that's Shea Gilgis Alexander. I feel like last season he had um, a a great year on the Clippers, and I feel like he was one of the biggest assets that the Thunder wanted in that Paul George trade. Um, I don't necessarily think they were looking at Danilo Gallinari as the key piece, considering he's 31 years old. He's making $22 million a year, whereas uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander on his rookie deal still only making $3 million a year next year. Um, you know, On the all-rookie team, had you know quite an outstanding year, a year that a lot of people didn't expect him to have. Do you feel like being on the Oklahoma City Thunder might stunt his growth a little bit or give him more opportunities now that he's not playing with as established guys? Uh, I would go back to what I said last week about um, the value of not having expectations mm. as far as like the Brooklyn Nets. I think... With that being the case, I feel like with a team like this, you you can play freely. Yeah. There's no pressure. And, well, and maybe to your point, maybe people are almost kind of forgetting about him because there's no pressure. And and that's and that's perfectly fine if I'm Shea Gillis Alexander, just because that's more opportunity for me to do me. Mm-hmm. I can develop at my own pace. There's no real other scorer on this team other than Chris Paul. Yeah. So just take your time. Let's focus on winning ball games one at a time and just go from there. But like I said, there's no expectations. I would be surprised if this team made the playoffs. I would be surprised if Chris Paul's still on his team at the end of the season. Yep. Trade deadline for that matter. So, look, if I'm Shea Gillis-Alexander, just get loosey-goosey. And if you're able to win ball games, I guarantee that he's going to be in the conversation for most improved player. Now the next team here we got in the Northwest Division uh, the Portland Trailblazers last season finished out a 53 and 29 record. Um, only one game in the win column off the Denver Nuggets last season from winning that division. Um, this season, their over under is quite a bit lower than last season. Um, 53 last season, 46 and a half this season for the Portland Trailblazers. This is another team that, kind of with a lot of teams in this division that we're talking about so far, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, the roster looks pretty similar to last season, yet they're projected to have seven West less wins than last season. Perry, why do you think they're projected to have seven less wins, and do you think that seven less wins is a valid number for the Portland Trailblazers? Well, I think the answer is simple. It's just because, look, Anthony Davis has been added to the Lakers. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard has been added to the Los Angeles Clippers, so they not everybody can have all the wins. Yeah. And if you're taking the superstars, um, if you're picking the superstars, then you're going to give the wins to them most likely. Mm-hmm. Then that just makes sense to me. But other than that, uh, with this team, they've added uh, the big guy in the middle, uh, Hassan Whiteside. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think that this team will be one of the top five seeds just because 
like you like you said, they really haven't made too many moves. No, and, and you have the addition of Nurkic coming back. Right, and you made the Western Conference Finals last year. Did you did you get swept? Of course, uh, that's fine. You went against the world champs. They they do what they do. But other than that, we we got the same team, the same nucleus. Basically, we got still got Dame Dollar coming off an album. We got CJ McCollum with his own shoe now. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and make that run. We're right there, and there's so much uncertainty in the NBA. You don't want to switch it. That's up. That's one thing that surprises me so much that they're projected at forty six and a half wins. I understand that their division is significantly better because of. Utah having that improved roster but and you know you mentioned you know the Lakers um, having an improved roster as well a number of other teams in the Western Conference with an improved roster but and the Clippers for example but at the same time this is a team even though they got swept they made it to the Western Conference Finals they won 53 games last year they literally did nothing but get better by picking up Hassan Whiteside by picking up Pau Gasol in the offseason I really don't, and you know, the addition of Nurkic back. Like I said earlier, too, he was he was getting to the point last year where um, it almost looked like he was kind of going to have a little bit of a breakout, kind of like a big breakout, and we didn't quite get to see it before the injury. And God, I'm just really looking forward to seeing this team play together. Um, my, I guess, my only concern would be how is Whiteside and Nurkic going to be on the floor at the same time? Two centers, two guys over seven foot tall. Um, I, this is a big roster at the same time. Pau Gasol, seven foot tall. Zach Collins, seven foot tall. Um, Hassan Whiteside, seven one. Nurkic, seven foot. I feel like this is kind of going to be a dominant inside team. Pair that with the outside. Rodney Hood um, from last season had a pretty great playoff run. Um, Kent Bazemore, another guy we can't forget about. And then, obviously, the two guys everyone knows about, Damian Lord and C.J. McCollum doing their thing. So this team, I feel like, has a lot of ups, and I'm not sure why their over-under is so low this I, season. Hey, like I said, all the other teams got better, too. Mm-hmm. And you have to give the wins to the superstars. You could, yeah. I, I mean... If we're being realistic, I'm taking the Lakers over the Portland Trail Blazers for one game for it all right now. I am too, right but now. 46, that's hardly over 500. The, it is that's not, hardly over 500. It's, it's not just the Lakers either. You got the Nuggets, you got the Clippers, you got who, who else? You got their whole division, to be honest. <laughs> the Jazz. Man. Yeah, so they, they're they dealing with a lot. It's not yeah. like they're just beating up. They're not in the East. They, they are going to get some good teams. Mm-hmm. But with the West being the way that it is, you could expect that just because their win totals, that does not mean they're not going to be right there in three, two, or one. Yeah, and I mean, and we both know how the West is every season. Right. It's always like, you know, the get the separation between one and four is half a game. The separation hey, between five I, and eight I, is another game. I say it every year. It's clogged up like a nose in the winter every <laughs> year. It's the wild, wild West. The wild, wild West. But in this case you got to give the wins to the superstars if you're predicting cuz you don't want to seem if you're a predict if you're a, one of the analysts and you're looking at this you don't want to seem stupid why did i not give the wins to lebron james and anthony yeah. davis mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, paul george i mean you don't expect on paper for these guys to do that well but they're one of those teams like the nuggets who end up surprising everybody by being one of the top seeds in the west cuz last year they were third i believe mm-hmm. and I mean, they're probably going to be right there again. And they're a team that 
has had the core nucleus for a while. Right. So, you know, they played together for a while. They know how the system is. They have a great coach in Terry Stotts. I mean, I, they they, they kind of know what to do out there in uh, in Portland. Right. You know, okay, moving on here, the last team in that division, the Utah Jazz. This is a team that right now is favored to win the division based off some of the offseason moves they made. They picked up Mike Conley in the offseason from Memphis. They also signed Bojan Bonjanovic as well, a guy that a lot of people are loving from the Pacers. And obviously they're going to have um, another season, the third season of Donovan Mitchell's improvement on this team. So, Perry, what do you think of the Utah Jazz? Do you feel like... Um, being the favorite in this division is deserved. Um, and I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts right here at the Utah Jazz, Perry. Well, I, I mean, I picked the Denver Nuggets, so I'm going to say no, it's not deserved. I, I think you're still waiting on Donovan Mitchell. Last year I didn't see no improvements from no. him. I saw an amazing rookie year. He was right there in the conversation with Ben Simmons. And then the next season it's just quiet all year basically. And he seems like he's struggling every single game. And I, and I was kind of looking for Donovan Mitchell's shooting percentage to go up because mm-hmm. his rookie year he took a lot of shots, rightfully so. He had to take a lot of shots because there wasn't that many other options on the roster. Um, and so he takes a lot of shots his rookie year. Shooting numbers aren't really that great. Taking even more shots next year, shooting percentages actually dip a little bit more. Points per game is around the same, but... Um, shooting percentages actually dip a little bit more. So I'm looking to see if he can actually have a more efficient um, shooting year this year, much like I said with Andrew Wiggins um, for Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I think the addition of Mike Conley really helps his growth. Oh, it's huge. But I see so many guards for them. Yeah. I feel like they have too many. You got Dante Exum. You got Emmanuel Moutier. You got uh, – let's, let's see, let's see. Let me, let me look. You got – Trayvon, I don't even know how to say his last name. You got Boyan Bogdanovich. You got all these guys. I, I just don't see all the playing time that all these guys are going to get at once. So do you feel like the money that Bogdanovich got in the offseason was well-deserved? Because I know he got a contract for over $70 million for the Jazz. And, you know, based off his play with the Pacers, I, I didn't quite see where the correlation of, you know, almost $20 million a year lines up. I understand hey. he had a pretty good season, but $20 million a year, that number just kind of shocked me a little bit. It goes back to another conversation from last week with Terrence Ross. You got all that money. <laughs> Give me that money. The salary cap is only going to go up. Yep. So, I mean, it's hard to say, like, we can't give you this much, this amount of money, especially if we're not signing anybody else to big deals. And the Jazz, they're kind of lucky, too, because since Donovan Mitchell's still, you know, the, basically their best player right. is still on their rookie deal with $3 million. That's how they had enough money to go get Mike Conley's $32 million a year to sign Bogdanovich to almost $20 million a year. Um, to give Joe Ingles twelve million dollars a year, that's where they had all that money because their super, their you know budding superstar, I should say, is still on that rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I'm gonna pick um, right now. I guess I didn't give you the over under, Perry. The over under is fifty four and a half, mm. um, which is the best in this division by one and a half games. I'm personally gonna pick the under. Um, they had won fifty games last season. Um, I'm just not quite sure if the additions they made were enough. I, I really do love Utah, though. I'm not trying to hate on Utah at all. I'm really not. I love them. I think they're going to be a top-five seed in the Western Conference. But I... Hey, man, if you don't I'm pick them to win, sure. you're a hater. 
<laughs> that's really it. That's what a lot of people say. But and, and if that's the case, I'm a hater too because I'm picking the under. I, I just don't see it with I'm, this team. I'm not saying a lot under though. When I, when no, I no, say, no, no. When I mean 54 and a half, I literally mean I'm picking the under at 54. I'm not because no, stop. they had won 54. They had won 50 games last season. I feel like the addition of Mike Connolly, you know, is enough for at least a few games. Enough for to to at least get him a couple more wins. I, but I, I'll I'm not it. saying it's going to be a crazy amount over like a lot of people are saying. I'll, I'll give them the high 40s. High 40s? Mm-hmm. So a little less than last season even? Yeah. But I think that they'll be a scary team in the playoffs. Yeah. I'll say that. I think that, I think that they can be a higher seed for sure. Mm-hmm. So other than that, they, they have a great home crowd too. Oh, another, another, another thing. They got some clean throwback jerseys coming back this oh year, too. Oh, my God. I forgot about those, too. Oh, the man. The jerseys this season. Sheesh, the NBA out. Or Bro, Nike. did you see the Bulls? Did you, hey, did you see the Bulls I throwback? They got the pinstripes coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. We brought back the Chicago script curse of last season. We're bringing back the pinstripes this season. Oh, my hey, God. Hey, we did the boo-boo East last week. We're done with them. <laughs> all right, we're back to the Western Conference. Hey, I'm just Conference. giving a shout-out to all the jerseys this season. Oh, it's, it's going like, to be a phenomenal season as far as jerseys are concerned. All oh, the throwbacks yeah. we're going to see, it's going to be fun. I'm loving it. All right, Perry, that was the – we just wrapped up here the Northwest Division. We only have 15 minutes left. We're spending even more time on the Western Conference than we did on the Eastern Conference last season. But we're going to move through. We're, we're going to do no commercials here over the last 15 minutes. and just Forget sh- them commercials. Yeah, forget them songs. <laughs> we're going to go straight into the Pacific Division. Oh, yeah. The division, probably the most uh, people. Hey, all my L.A. fans, tune in right now because hey, we're about to get it cracking. Hey, people are excited for the Pacific <laughs> Division right here. Because for you, two teams. <laughs> you, you got a two-team race, but some people even think a third team might have a chance just because no, of their past. We're going to go over the teams right here. The Clippers, number one, at plus 100 to win this division. Pretty low odds to win a division, as well as the Lakers at plus 180. Warriors at plus 350, also Jeez. some low odds if you think about it. Um, and then moving forward, the Kings at plus 6,000 and the Suns at hey, plus 10,000. Hey, I'm taking that 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, Perry. Now, uh, we're going to go from the bottom to the top with this division just because I feel like this is a division that should be worked up from the bottom to the top. Starting with the Phoenix Suns, last oh, season they we were 19-63. and 63. This season their over-under has actually jumped up to 29-and-a-half. Perry, I'm not sure why it's jumped up 10 games because I haven't really seen much from the Suns, but um, maybe you can elaborate on that um, and tell me why um, you think maybe that 29 is deserved or not deserved. Or, or, or 29, that's yeah. my number. Well... If you double team Devin Booker, I guarantee they're losing games <laughs> all year. Uh, other than that, they have the they have Kelly Oubre and they have added Ricky Rubio, and yeah. also De- they have still have DeAndre Ayton. Frank keep Kamins- chat, keep, hey, keep cashing them checks, Rubio. That's all I gotta say. Frank Kaminsky, um, I, but this team, you just it you, sounds I, like you just named me. The 2011 Charlotte Bobcats roster. <laughs> oh, don't get that disrespectful. <laughs> but I don't see this team. I'll, I'll take the under for sure, guaranteed. Just because they're in the West, and the oh, West has gone live. division, too. Oh, I mean, guaranteed. I mean, come on. Guaranteed. Come on. They're, they're going to be seeing the Warriors four times. They're going to be seeing the Clippers four times. They're going to be seeing the Lakers four yeah, they're, times. They're losing all the games against the Kings, guaranteed. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. I, I, I feel bad for Phoenix, but... Um, at the same time, yeah. Touch. Hey, hey, hey. They got a new head coach, they Monty Williams. Coach. So that might be the reason 
why they have gained so many wins predicted this year. But I don't see it. I, I, I can't even. I can't even Jeff with them. I, I don't. I no cap. No cap. I want to. I want to touch on Devin Booker just for maybe a minute max. I want to know your opinion on what you thought of the whole double team situation over the summer, where um, he was being double teamed in a pickup game, and he said no double teams in pickup games because you know pickup games are an opportunity for NBA players to. Um, kind of practice moves that they're working on for the NBA season. Um, Joakim Noah, who was in that pickup game, was not too happy that Devin Booker said that. He said, no, we're, we're doing double teams. Hey, he was happy. He was winning. <laughs> yeah, he said, we're doing double teams on you, all right? Um, Perry, what did you make of that situation um, with the double teams and Devin Booker? I know it was kind of – people were on both sides. It was, it was almost 50-50. I, I, I see both sides. I'll say that. And I think it depends on who you are. So, for example, if you're me – a college student and I'm in the rec center playing basketball and five on five, why am I getting double team? Yeah. It, this this <laughs> game is not that deep to double team. No. But when you're an NBA player and you are somebody that has scored seventy points in mm-hmm. a professional basketball game, that yeah. tells me that you are a true bucket getter. Exactly. So with that being said, I'm gonna do everything I can, mm-hmm. especially looking at your team. And you're the only person that can get the buckets? It's like, bro, you're going to get double teamed. That's just something that's going to happen. He said, hey, I'm trying to work on my moves for the regular season. You know what your moves are going to come out of? Double teams. Because that's what's just going to happen based on your roster. Kobe got it. LeBron Mm -hmm. gets it. KD gets it. Michael Jordan got it. All these guys, they've had the double teams. And maybe he was just speaking out of emotion. Maybe he's learned from it now. Like, look, I understand that's what I'm going to get. Yeah, he's speaking out of... You know, I'm tired of losing to Phoenix. <laughs> come on. He said. I know, right? <laughs> he said, come on. Man. Losing all these games, you're going to say anything. At he was this. like, I get double teamed all season. And I was like, well, if you get double teamed all season, then work on that in the offseason. If that's the case, you need to average 12 assists a game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what I saw Gilbert Arenas have an Instagram post. He yeah. kind of took no that side. No chill Gil. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of took that side. He was like, hey, if you're going to be getting double teamed all season and you're trying to practice your moves, Maybe practice some moves out of a double team. All right. So, all right, that's all I want to spend on the Phoenix Suns. I, I feel spend like spend too much time. Yeah, on we them. really did. We spent four <laughs> minutes on them, and that was really more than I expected. We got ten minutes left <laughs> to right, run through hey, three teams. We're gonna hurt. Well, we got four. Four, four Don't teams. My Kings. bad. My bad. Don't my bad. Kings, I was I was leaving out the Warriors. All right, the the Sacramento Kings at thirty nine and forty three last season. Their over under is slightly lower at thirty seven point five. Another team we probably can't spend that much time on. I'm sorry, Perry, just because of the ramifications of the final three teams here. But I want to quickly give out my prediction. It's going to be under, and it's only here's the thing. It's only going to be under because kind of the same thing with Portland. This division, they're going to be playing the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors four times. These these teams, aside from the Warriors, they're looking at vastly improved rosters. And I just don't see the Kings um, getting to that 39 threshold again. Do I feel like this team's going to improve individually? The players improve individually? Of course. But as a team, I just feel like they're not going to win quite as many games as last season. They're beating up on the Phoenix Suns. They, <laughs> they are beating up. They'll on probably them. split with the Warriors. I think with the Lakers and the Clippers, since they have new teams, they're going to have some nights where they're figuring it out. And since the fact that they played this, this team four times, some of those nights where they're figuring it out, they're going to be against the Sacramento Kings. So they'll probably win at least a, one, at least one game against the Clippers and the Lakers. So with that being said, I'll take an over, but 
Sadly, I'll only give them probably one game over. Yeah, and that might be just a little bit of the fandom speaking may, as well. Maybe. So. <laughs> maybe. Also, I, I, also why I think I gave the Bulls, though. But, so. but I do like what I saw for for the short time being. I do like what I saw from Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox in their short USA run. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they ended up dropping, but, you know. And then also the addition of Trevor Reza, and you still have Harrison Barnes that you paid. Well, kind of like some, you mentioned with the Spurs too. You know, right. any any anything you're going to be doing over the off season against other professional basketball players right. from around the world, and you know the array of coaches you get on that team, it's probably going to improve your game. Hey, Buddy Hill's taking that next step. <laughs> hey, we'll see, man. We'll see. Fifty a game. All right, moving on here. Um, we'll go with the Warriors um, next, a team that's plus three fifty to win the division right now. Last season, fifty seven and twenty five, best record in the Western Conference. This season, dipping a little bit, obviously because of the loss of Kevin Durant, the loss of Clay Thompson for possibly the whole season. Not one hundred percent sure. Probably at least until the All Star break, though, more than likely. Um, at least, I'd say at least January might be the. He said they said that they're going to have an update at All Star break, so I think it's going to be in March. So yeah, so All Star break, but I was I'm thinking like in terms of ACL timelines, I'm thinking at the absolute earliest if everything goes 100 percent right, might be January February, but that's that that's even pushing it a little bit. Um, Now their over under this season is 48 and a half, so it's dipping from last season, and I think I think it's understandable because. Of those losses that they had, they still have their core: Draymond, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. There, you know, those guys are all on the squad still, even though Clay's hurt. Um, and they have the addition of D'Angelo Russell. But I really don't like this supporting cast. I told you that before. <laughs> I think this is one of the worst supporting casts in the NBA. Um, you can go straight up and down the supporting cast, and there's really no players on it that I like personally. Um, but I do still feel like they they're going to sneak in and make it into the playoffs just because of um, the fact that they do have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and uh, D'Angelo Russell still on their team. I, I see them as a 6 or 7 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the under as well. But this their their depth is so young. And I, I do think they have the right coach in, in terms of developing this, this depth because even though Mark Jackson – was the head coach to start off their development. Steve Kerr was the coach that gave them a championship or yeah. coached them to a championship as far as Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green is concerned. And they do have the the loss of Clay Thompson for the majority of the year. But you do have an all-star and D'Angelo Russell, but you lose arguably yeah. arguably the best player in the league who has, who has a case for being the best player in Kevin Durant. So... Um, with that being said, you got guys like Holly Stein, Alec Burks that are coming in, yeah. filling in, and just it's just a year of figuring it out for this team. I want to point out too something I noticed from the first preseason game against the Lakers. I really liked the play of Jordan Poole in that game. I thought um, that he played phenomenally mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know I thought he might be one of those guys in the league that um, is kind of more of a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, he did more than just shoot the three in this first preseason game. Like I said, I personally felt like the players were going pretty hard in the first half. I don't, I don't feel like it was at sixty percent or it was any lax or anything. And Jordan Poole was driving the ball. He was finishing at the rack a few times. He knocked down a couple threes. He knocked down some mid-range shots. And I don't have his exact numbers in front of me, but just from the eye test watching the game, I felt like he played a pretty well game. So I'm kind of looking to see if maybe, maybe he can be one of these guys that bring first guy off the bench and could have. 
a really good rookie season, kind of like Shea Gilgis Alexander last year in the Clippers. And this is the perfect opportunity to do it. I feel like with this team, no no expectations. No. So, other than Steph Curry, who's going to be getting so much attention this season mm-hmm. because he doesn't have his running mate, Clay Thompson. Yeah, he's and playing 48-82, like he said <laughs> in the press conference. I hope so. He's better. If, if, if they want to fight a chance, he's got to play. Mm-hmm. He's got to have a 2016 type of year. Yeah. But uh, Jordan Poole has 17 in that game against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Did his thing on a, a efficient shooting. So you will hope that Steve Kerr and the Warriors coaching staff are going to help develop them. But this is going to be a year of just developing for the Golden State Warriors. I'm taking the under. Not wrong about that, Perry. Now, a team that's been developing here um, over the last couple of years and eventually traded all their developing players away for Anthony Davis, the <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers here at 37-45. and 45. This year their over-under is 51-and-a-half, so 14 games above that. Um, I think it's clear to see why it's 14 games above that and i yeah. think based off you know what i saw what i've seen from them here in the preseason too it's looking like you know this isn't going to be a team to mess around with by any means early in the season i was kind of worried that maybe this new roster is going to be slow to kind of get it rolling um a little bit but i kind of think they look like and i really don't like to take too much away from the preseason but i just feel like they kind of looked like they were playing in a little bit of a rhythm that I didn't expect to see this early on. They, we'll see when the regular season starts, but they got off to quite a hot start in that first game against the Warriors, and they looked like they were having a fun time playing basketball. They did lose today mm-hmm. against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they scored a lot, though. Kyrie, so. Kyrie Irving goes out. Yeah, they scored 111. Brooklyn Nets scored 114. But uh, with this team, I'll take the over for just for obvious reasons, you got two of the top five players in the league, yeah, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Mm. And then you have guys like Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley. Um, all these guys that are coming in. Quinn Cook. I, I love the the direction that this team is going in. But I just see some defensive issues at times. Yeah. I see some shooting issues at times. Sometimes I might see some coaching issues at times. <laughs> So it's going to be a year where they're going to – I feel like they might start off kind of rocky against some of the teams that they should be beating. I think they, that mm. they'll probably split against the good teams. Yeah. But some of the teams that they should be beating, I feel like they're going to lose to. I think some of the defenses, defensive issues and athleticism is kind of solved by having guards like Alex Caruso and Avery Bradley on your team. Caruso! I, <laughs> I mean, Caruso, man, that guy can jump out of the building. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that's kind of – I. He, he looks like an old man. Just coming out of nowhere every game. Creates some crazy highlight play. Lakers fans love him. I love watching this guy play. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that plays up tempo. He can play pretty decent defense. Same with Avery Bradley as well. I feel like some of the issues could be solved on there, but I do see your point, you know, team defense at times could be a little lax. Um and I feel like um is is uh is Kuz's foot a problem? That we see linger on. Yeah, that's another thing to consider too, as well. So that yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, but you know, does does Dwight Howard make it through the entire season? You know, this is another thing. I couldn't. I didn't watch the preseason game this morning, but I I watched that first game and I thought Dwight Howard played really hard. He, he played. Looked, he played phenomenal. He looked like he was like he really wanted to be there. He yeah. looked like he was all in it for the. He was like, I don't, and I think that's because he's on that. 
partially guaranteed contract. He's like, you know what, I'm only making, you know, $50,000 a game, whatever he's making. Um, I don't even know if it's that much, but I, I really don't think it is. But I think it's 16000 Yeah, game. Yeah, 16000 is all he's making and per game. And he hasn't game. even started yet. It starts at the beginning of the regular season. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> playing for free right now. <laughs> I feel like he was really trying hard. If he keeps up that intensity through – you know, even 75% of the games he plays, and I think he's going to make a difference on the team. If he doesn't, no, he's not going to make a difference. But if he plays with that intensity every night, I, I think he's going to make a difference on this team. This, this team, they have a lot of questions. Yeah. But when you have a guy like LeBron James and another guy like Anthony Davis, you you have people that have a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take the over, and we'll just have to wait and see. I think open tonight will be a great indication of, you know, what type of team we're going to be seeing at the beginning of the season. It's going to change throughout the season. Lineups are going to change everything. Kuzma's not going to be there to start the season off, most likely. Um, we'll, so we'll see. It's a lot of questions. Will Frank Vogel last? We'll see. <laughs> and now, finally, Perry, we're running out of time. We're actually over time. Probably going to have to talk skip. about the best team in the league. Probably going to have to <laughs> skip out on uh, Dime of the Day today. So That's fine. RIP to Dime of the Day. Um, but maybe we'll do two Dime of the Days next week. But um, finally, we want to end here with the um, Los Angeles Clippers, a team that coming way out of left field here, signed Kawhi Leonard in the offseason as well as getting the Paul George trade to go through with them, basically foregoing all their draft picks and assets for the future. But I think it's a trade that any team would have gladly made as um, they now have this defensive monster of a team this season here in um, Los Angeles. Um, right next to the Lakers here. Um, this season they have a over-under of 54-and-a-half, which is three games over what the Lakers have, and I believe it is also the best over-under in the league. Um, so I think, yeah, it's tied with the Jazz for the best over-under in the league, which is kind of surprising, but whatever. 54-and-a-half, um, best over-under in the league right now. So, um what do you make of um, the Los Angeles Clippers this year in terms of their over/under? Do you think they're going over or under that? Um, and what do you think? It, uh, what do you make of their off-season additions, Perry? I, I'll take the over. Um, uh, they're real close for me to picking the under, though. Uh, but they they got Kawhi, they got pa- they got Paul George, they got Jamichael Green, they got Patrick Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, you have guys coming back: Landry Shaman, Lou Williams. All these guys that made the playoffs made, made the playoffs without their two star players that they have now. You got Montrez Harrell. Um, all these guys that know what they're doing um, under a great coach in Doc Rivers, um, a, a phenomenal, very outspoken owner in Steve Ballmer, <laughs> who's yelling at the top of his lungs as we speak. I, I saw a meme today that was comparing Steve Ballmer to SpongeBob. And Kawhi Leonard oh, yeah, Squidward right on, the window. on the window. Oh, my God. No, that was beautiful. Um, but, you know, one thing I really like about this team a lot is that they were able to get a few games off the Warriors last season. Basically, they just had to give up Shea Gilgis Alexander um, and Danilo Gallinari to the Thunder along with some draft picks, and they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So I think that's a deal that a lot of people make any day of the week, and this team has vastly, vastly improved over last season. This is another team that I'm probably I'm, I'm going to take the over on, but 
Um, I am a little wary of it just because yeah. we haven't seen this team play. And I think one big thing to consider, we don't know when Paul George is going to come back either. He's already out for the entire month of October. They don't play a lot of games in October, but he's going to be out that entire month. You don't know how much of November he's going to be out of, too. For all we know, he could miss all of November as well. There's no timetable on his return right now. So I feel like that's going to hamper them early in the season, the fact that they don't have Paul George. And that's a reason why I have them going a little lower in the Western Conference than a lot of people probably do. I think that they're going to probably be a top three seed. Uh, just because their defense, and it's not like they don't have any offense. You got Lou Williams. Oh, their defense is insane. You got Lou Williams, Landry Shaman. We know what Kawhi can do. Uh, I love the pick and roll with Montrez Harrell. So it's not like their offense is going to be a, too much of a problem. But there are going to be some nights where they're figuring it out. It's, it's, it's their first year together. But this, this is the team I have making it to the NBA Finals. So... I'm taking the over. I'm taking it over, and for obvious reasons, this team, in my opinion, is the team to beat in the Western Conference. Now, before we end the show here, I want to quickly go over my Western Conference predictions. Right now, um, I have the Nuggets at number one, the Rockets at number two, the Lakers at number three, the Clippers at number four. Even though I do see the Clippers going to the Western Conference Finals. I am having them that low. The only reason I'm having them that low is because I don't know the timetable for Paul George's return, like I had mentioned, and I don't know how many games I Kawhi is going to play because last season, you saw on the Raptors, he did sit quite a bit of back-to-backs. It seemed like almost every back-to-back he was sitting out. I, I just want to see how much this team gets to play with all their guys together. If all those guys were playing the entire year, I probably would move them up to the two or three seed in the Western Conference, but I'm going to have them four for that reason. Next, I couldn't really decide between the Jazz or the Blazers for five or six. I feel like it's going to be one of those two teams. For now, I just put the Jazz in number five, the Blazers at number six, but I feel like either of those could go either way. I have the Spurs at number seven and the Warriors at number eight. It pains me to have the Warriors that low, but when I look at all the teams above them, I look at the starters on their team, I look at their supporting cast, and then I look at who the Warriors have out for them, I look at who they lost, I look at the young guys on their team, and I just... I just have them falling that low. But I also feel like that also opens the door for an upset in the first round if they were to play the Nuggets. Um, and then I feel like, you know, just on the outside looking in might be a team like the Mavericks. So, Perry, who do you have in your Western Conference? Number one, I got the Denver Nuggets. Number two, I got the, the Los Angeles Clippers. Number three, I got the Portland Trailblazers. Number four, I got uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Number five, I got the Houston Rockets. Number six, I got the Golden State or No, I got the San Antonio Spurs. Number seven, I got the Golden State Warriors. And number eight, the West is clogged up like a nose in the winter. Number eight, I'll pick the Utah Jazz. All right, so those are both of our predictions here. I had the Jazz a little bit higher than Perry. Um, I also had the Rockets a little bit higher than Perry as well. I think those are probably our two biggest differences over um, the course of the teams. I had the Rockets at number two. You had the Rockets at five. Mm-hmm. I had the Jazz at five. You had the Jazz at eight. So I think that was probably our biggest discrepancy. Otherwise, most of them were pretty close. And we all predicted the same teams as well. I feel like in the East, did we pick all the same ones in the East too? I can't remember last week. 
Yeah, but you had one that you missed out on. What was that? You, you didn't pick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it might have been the Pistons. No, no, there was. It might have been the Magic. I left out. Or it was the Nets. It was the Nets. Yeah, I forgot about the Nets. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, I think we might have had the same. But I think in the Western Conference, more than the Eastern Conference, even in my mind anyway, and it's usually always really weird, but I feel like in my head, there is a clear-cut eight teams in the Western Conference. I don't see – like, I picked, the, I picked the Warriors at number eight. You picked the Jazz at number eight. Those are two – those are two teams that have over-unders of, you know, over 49-and-a-half and 53-and-a-half. You know, those are teams that are – Really, really good. I don't see the Grizzlies sneaking in there. I don't see the Pelicans sneaking in there. And you know, the the Suns of Thunder. None of these other teams I feel like are sneaking in there. The crazy thing about the West is that six through eight could have the exact same record. Yeah. And they could all just have tiebreakers. I'm not going to lie. When I look at the Western Conference, I think, yeah, I think five through eight could all have the same record. And I think one through four could all have the same record. I think the top four could all be the same. There's a three-game difference, and then five through eight is basically all the same, too. But I feel like after that, it's like, I just feel like it's almost no man's land. I, the only team I could possibly, I think the, I think the Mavericks are going to be at number nine. That'd be, I think the Mavericks, nine, Kings, ten. I think those are, I, and I think those in any random order are almost set, too. Maybe mm-hmm. the Timberwolves might come no, in there. No, stop but, it. No, I'm thinking maybe the ten or eleven. No, ten or eleven, it. they might have a chance. I'm, I'm picking. Uh, hold on. But those top eight, dude. I'm picking the Pelicans before I'm picking the Timberwolves. You think so? Guarantee. Yeah, we'll see. I'll take we'll Alvin see. Gentry any day. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> but I, yeah, I do think those top eight are pretty set in stone, as well as I believe you do too, as well. Right. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> so that's all we got for dropping dimes today. We already ran ten minutes over. I think this is one of the longer shows we've probably done. Just wanted to fit in the entire Western Conference for you guys, as we got the entire Eastern Conference in last week. Tried to get the Western Conference in last week too, but we would have only had twenty minutes to talk about them. So unbelievable. I think it's pretty good that Perry <laughs> suggested we move it back to this week because we could hardly fit the Lakers, the Pacific Division into 20 minutes let alone the entire western conference so thanks to uh, everyone who listened to the show today whether they were just listening here to our pacific um pacific division debate or whether they listen to the entire show we appreciate all you listeners as well as the listeners out on facebook live this week and instagram live here in the past week we're always broadcasting the shows on perry's account perry j randall the third Look for, look, look for him on Facebook if you want to listen to uh, Dropping Dimes live. You can uh, see Perry's beautiful face the entire show as he's debating with me. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just so don't forget to check that out. And also follow us on Twitter at Dropping underscore Dimes 1 as well. As once the season kicks up, Perry and I will start to tweet quite a bit from that account. So for Perry Randall this week on Dropping Dimes, I'm Noah Cooper. And hold on, one last thing. I also do want to mention that none of the views and opinions discussed on this show were of the same views and opinions of Northwest Missouri State University or KZLX as well. They were only of the views and opinions of myself, Noah Cooper, and my co-host, Perry Randall. Um, But otherwise, that is all we have this week for Dropping Dimes. So for Perry Randall, I'm Noah Cooper, and we out. Peace. If you stay for this minute
girl, I'll never let you down. We ain't off the limit. I could hold you after now. No more talking. I don't know what you wanna do with that. If it's good, why you even wanna hold it back? We just work, and I know there's no coming back. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? I wanna slow dance if you're feeling me now. If we don't.